1: This is the best of two pros in a couple of Joe with LaVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio.
2: Yesterday in the final hour of the program, we talked about, it's just a, like a little hypothetical, you know, a little hypothetical. Hey, what if, you know, if a team wanted to make a move in the NFL, they wanted to go in a, in a different direction, what if, you know, like, for example, What if the Raiders decided, you know what? We've had enough of this whole Derek Carr experience. And maybe we could save some money if we keep him healthy towards the end of the season, and we don't have to, you know, guarantee his forty million dollars or whatever it is because of an injury. And then, you know, if we could, we'd take a little like five point six million dollar cap hit if we end up dealing him. But he's got to pass a passive physical. Simply, just a what if scenario. What's the plan to finish out the season? Because Josh McDaniels is a little critical about the passing game following the Christmas Eve disaster at Acupuncture Stadium in Pittsburgh, in which Derek through three interceptions. Just simple hypothetical question, just a what if. And then a few hours later, Josh McDaniels stepped up to the podium and he had this to say.
0: Had a
3: uh, good conversation with the quarterbacks this morning. We're going to go ahead and and start Jarrett on uh, <laughs> the last couple games of the season here. None of us is happy with where we're at, but we think it's a, an opportunity to, you know, evaluate a younger player who hasn't had much time to play. Talking to Derek, uh, who was great, you know, he understands uh, the scenario that we're in and the situation and um, very supportive of the two young guys. Uh, that those three guys obviously have worked together hand-in-hand hand all year, and, you know, he'll do anything he can to help them.
0: Well... <laughs>
2: I mean, where do you start? He You, know, I
0: mean, you, you got to follow what Q said yesterday, though, right? Yeah. Like he said, we, we said it when the conversation point came up with Heineke and Wentz. And it's like, why do you even bring it up? And then, boom, Josh McDaniels brings up the quarterback situation. It's like, okay, why even bring it up? And even though it didn't seem believable, you know, foreseeable, maybe perceivable, um, he brought it up in, in his press conference. And, and so we should have just followed, followed what, what the standard <laughs> protocol of we're right. going to bench our starting quarterback now. And, and that seems to be um, how it all played out. All right. Yeah, Let me lay
3: go. this out for you guys. First off, I was dead wrong because, look, Josh McDaniel was traded for me back when he was in Denver. And, and I always felt like regardless of the circumstances, he was always trying to be competitive. This is not that move to be competitive. This is a business move in two ways. It's a business move to eliminate any potential chance they've got to pay the $40.4 million that would be owed to Derek Carr if he couldn't pass a physical. I believe it's three or four days after the Super Bowl. Okay, So that's what's stated within his contract. So it has everything to do with that. Very similar to why... Matt Ryan's not playing in Indianapolis. Even though he's had a bad year, he still gives them a better chance than the alternatives there. But it's all about not having to pay him a huge sum of money if he can't pass a physical. So that's what this is about. And, and they obviously can move on from him after the season, whether it's you know releasing him or potentially trading him. And we can get to that later. But you can't tell me that Derek Carr doesn't give them the best chance to win football games. And that Jared Stidham... Gives them a better chance. I don't care that Derek Carr is leading the league in interceptions at 14, by the way, right now. 14. We've seen guys throw 30, okay? Damn right. I mean, Jameis Winston <laughs> led the league in passing yards and threw 30 interceptions. This isn't even half that, all right? And, and, again, he's in the new system, all that stuff. So, let's you know, he's played bad, but guess what? He hasn't been the worst quarterback this year in that division, has he? Probably not. I think that title goes to Russell Wilson this year.
0: Russell Wilson, yeah.
3: So we could say whatever we want about Derek Carr's play. He's the career leader in passing yards, in touchdowns. Last year when that place was a flipping circus, you know who stepped up in front of the mic every single time? Derek Carr. That's the guy who represented that team. I think this is such a bad, bad way and move of handling this and handling him because it's unfair for everything that he's been through. You know, He's had the worst defense over his career in Las Vegas, not even a number one receiver consistently until this year and maybe Amari Cooper one year. And he's dealt with all that crap in a bad organization. I I hope he goes somewhere where he's got a chance for success to see, one, if he can do it, but two, just to at least give him the ability to have a send-off that way. Because this is not the way you treat a guy who literally – Reset the record books and helped you, you know, maintain any sort of competitiveness whatsoever, given all the lack of help, talent, whatever you want to call it, around him throughout his career. There, so it's an it's a ugly move, and it obviously keeps them, you know, not only with the ability to sign a guy like I don't know, Tom Brady, who's gonna become a free agent, but it also gives them a top 10 pick. And if they lose the next two games, it was squarely give them maybe a top eight pick, top seven or six pick, depending on how things finish out. So you could see from the business standpoint why they did it, but it's so disrespectful to me, to Derek Carr and everything he's given them.
2: Uh, Vic Tafer of The Athletic uh, reported that, his understanding is that Josh McDaniels and the front office there they had come together and talked about what to do at quarterback, and they wanted to continue with Derek Carr as the starter, and this was more of a Mark Davis move. that Mark Davis stepped in and said, "No, nah, we're going
0: to go in this direction here. so you think that that's true yeah yeah that,
3: that that's, that's because you don't want to take the blame as a, as a you know coach because you talk with those players more than the owner The, the owner know, can do whatever they want, they don't for the most part, not really. Have to take those
0: bullets. I, 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 I don't know that I believe a lot of that. That's a bad look if, if that's what it is. Um, I, here's my thing. Like I said about Coach Sala and, and how he handled the Zach Wilson situation, people respect you more if they feel like there's some genuineness connected to what it is that, that's taking place. Derek Carr has not played well. And, and and that's just it is what it is. The team has not played well. If if Josh McDaniels wants to be in preservation, self preservation mode, or even team preservation mode, by saying I want to, you know, identify what we have in our young talent, and and this is the direction we're going in, I I, I can't I can't say I'm I'm terribly like set off by it. And, and I guess he did say that. I, I guess he did say it in, in, in his press conference. I, I'm not terribly upset because they're not going to make the playoffs. They did have a disappointing year. And I think what's more more in, in debate than anything else is if Josh McDaniels has the, the ability to be a head coach. I think that's the biggest question right now. And to make a move and make a decision – that almost in a way it places the the disappointment of this season at at your quarterback's feet by by benching him the way that you did i mean are you benching everybody else on the team you know the one thing that i've always found to be kind of curious is oh we're going to bench him so we can see what our younger talent has well you have that at every position so, are you going to do that with with everybody? Are you going to do that with all your starters? Like, we're going to just bench all our starters. It's been a disappointing year. You know, we all could have did better. We're we're going to test out some new talent and see what we have on this team. We're going to activate guys off the practice squad roster. We're we're just going to we're going to play. We're just going to play all younger players and see what we have on our roster. And in theory, that should be how you handle a situation like this. It's not pinpointing one position the most important position the leader of your team the pillar in your community the guy who has has been there and has weathered all the storms with this team but that's what he did and and so to me the team has underperformed you have underperformed as a coach if you're doing self preservation just, just you're not going to say i'm i'm not doing well as a head coach so you know whatever is whatever for the rest of the rest of the season it's this is a focal point of placing the blame solely at Derek Carr's feet and saying this season didn't go the way that it went because of poor play by our quarterback that's what it says to me you're 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 trying to give yourself a little bit more time buy yourself a little bit more runway if you're the head coach
2: What's the move for car? Because there's going to be suitors, correct? I mean, there's going to be teams out there that are going to be interested in wanting to acquire Derek Carr. I-, I would imagine because if you look at the other options that are out there, Tom Brady, he's significantly younger than Brady. He's got you know more more left in the tank, so to speak, than Tom Brady does. Like some of the other veteran options that are out there, it feels like there's going to be a market for Derek Carr. But if that's the case what what is what is the Raiders move here? Is it you go and bring in a Brady or are you trying to move up in the draft and try and get one of these teams who's looking for a quarterback, whether it be Indianapolis or somebody else that's picking in the top five of the draft because you want to take one of these young quarterbacks? It feels like if that's the if that's the case, then all of a sudden whatever you've been building in Las Vegas, now you kind of are throwing it all in the hands of a younger quarterback. I'm just curious to see what their plan is, like what the move is this offseason for the Raiders as far as where they go in this direction. Because I can imagine it's probably not going to be Jared Stidham. But who knows? Maybe he wows them in the final two games of the regular season. Maybe they want to roll with Jared Stidham. I'm just curious to see what their move is next at quarterback because if is not it after you gave him a contract extension this offseason – What's the plan? <laughs> it, just, like, it just feels like we're we're back to the same old mess that they've been for the last 20 years. It just that's,
3: that's what stands out to me in regards to you know Vic Tafer reporting that. What's well, Mark Davis' decision? Well, that's two bad decisions then because you extended them, and now you're just going to go ahead and bench them. And, 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 and by the way, I, for a guy who you know was was everything for this organization last season, which mind you, was a playoff organization in large part because of him. And took all the bullets and, and stood up there for the media and tried to handle everything as, as best he could with grace. You know, you now just said, "Yeah, you can go home." Like you don't need to be a part of this team the last two weeks. Yeah, and, and maybe Derek Carr was was so ticked off, he was like, "I don't want to be around you guys if this is how you're gonna, you know, handle things." And that's what I'm sort of hearing from some of the guys who've been around the organization. It's just a bad look, man. It, it, it really is. I think for Mark Davis, if that's how he's handling it, but even for Josh McDaniels, because you'd have to think that. You know, him and, and Ziegler, obviously, their general manager had had to have come up and said, hey, Mark, we want to make sure you're aware of this. And, and this is the risk that you would run. And oh, by the way, we're, we're drafting ninth currently. We, we could be drafting the seven or six spot if we lose the next two games. So l- let's go ahead and make sure we can do that in order to preserve our future and what we feel like is going to be best for this roster.
2: I mean, and for a guy who walks around with doll hair, calling it a bad look for Mark Davis, that's saying something. You know, like that really is saying something. So it's unfortunate for Raiders fans. And and sorry, Birdo. I know you're obviously uh, you're disappointed. Yeah, how does disappointed feel about this? Uh, with this he's gonna, sort of I mean, hold
3: on. Before Birdo says anything, he's going to say, <laughs> good, get out of here. He's a bum.
2: <laughs> you want to you take guesses? You guys, you guys wanna want to guess? That, what, Ryan. All right, let's guess what Birdo's going to say. All right, so you got bum, Brady. Uh, I'm going to say, about damn time. What do you got, LeVar?
0: Oh, I don't know. No. Okay. No, I don't know. Well, that died on the vine.
4: Uh, all right, so, uh, Berto, what is it? <laughs> I don't care. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: That's kind of close to what I said. Yeah. So, Berto, kinda you're close. okay losing the last two games to get a better draft pick. Yeah, they're not. What, they're
4: not going to make the playoffs.
3: Yeah, I, I get. I get that. But this, so then you lose the next two games, you get a better draft pick. Do you really trust them to draft a guy who's going to change the fortune of your franchise? Well, or are you banking Brent, on them getting uh, Tom Brady?
4: Well. Uh, it's not John Gruden that's doing the drafting right so uh, obviously if it was John Gruden and the old administration doing the drafting yeah I would definitely be worried about it so I, w- I want to see what Brad Ziegler can do in the draft
3: are yeah. you are you on the uh the Tom Brady ba- you know bandwagon do you think they're going to get him what's
4: uh I think they're going to get Tom Brady or I think it's going to be Jimmy G one of those two guys and then they'll probably draft a quarterback
0: what about yeah. Josh McDaniels
4: I'm not on the jo- I'm not on the Josh McDaniels train but I want to see what he can do but uh, I want to see what Brad Ziegler and, he, and him can do in the draft. See? Hmm. How about that? Trying to be you positive know, Yeah, yeah. Will, I'm, yeah, I'm, are, yeah. A little try, positive. I, I don't, be I don't believe Good that Josh McDaniels, is tra- his track record speaks for itself, but we got to see what he does with a different quarterback. Hey, what, you know what, what about
3: this, though? You get Brady and you get Gronk. And then Gronk all of a sudden starts to roll out a new club in Vegas, throw and he's him got up, this Birdo. merch line. Let's do
0: it, throw yeah. him, Bertha. Yeah, oh my God, throw you him got up. the
3: whole Gronk family out there, <laughs> fist pumping, <laughs> hip right. thrusting, Just doing t- curls twerk, at the pool,
2: twerking on the Statue of Liberty uh, That's at right. New York, New York. Just, yeah. I mean, come on, man, Berta, let's make this happen. The
3: whole Gronkowski family. Mm.
2: Like Gronk climbing up the side of the Luxor and doing like a crowd dive off it. Mm. I mean, come on, yeah.
3: this Gronk. is all come on, Berto. this is perfect for the Raiders. Thank I you. mean, you guys might not win any games, It's it'll be perfect. Yeah,
4: thank you, Derek Carr, for your service. But you were. Ex- Pure trash the last four games. Oh,
2: wow. wow. <laughs> See, there goes the positive. De- the positivity. defense only gave
4: up 18 points during that stretch, and the Raiders could win only one we What about, about before that,
0: Bruno? What
3: about before be- that?
4: They've been better the last six games. <laughs> hey, by oh, the
3: way, cool. All right. That's all right. If,
2: if Gronk comes in, so now you've got Gronk, you've got uh, Foster Morrow, and you've got Darren Waller. I mean, that's a hell yeah. of a three-headed monster at tight end. Monte Adams, Hunter Renfro? Yeah, come on, man
4: would well, be can great if
3: Waller out there unlike this year. Yeah. That's, but, but let's not talk about that for Derek Carr. <laughs> not at all. Uh, let's see,
4: give, let's give Derek Carr more excuses, yeah. Oh,
0: no, <laughs> wow. Last nine say. years,
4: yeah.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> by, I mean, can you honestly is, say, you know. I, I'll go as far as saying Every team this. has had,
3: injuries, right? Every team has they've injuries. They've had the yeah. worst defense since Derek Carr's been there. That's not even debatable. It's fact. They're ranked like 32nd. Over the period of time that Derek Carr's been there, they've had the worst defense. Yeah, yeah let's, let's give their defense a pass. I'm not giving their defense a pass. But I'm just saying it's okay. But Berto, it's been the worst defense over his entire career with the Raiders that he's been there. Thirty-second hey, the league. You do know and, it has and been this the is the worst, worst Derek
4: Carr has played in in, in his career
3: which is not that bad considering, again, other quarterbacks have thrown 30 picks in a hey, season. By Let's the just... way,
2: but can we just say also – And can't play in cold weather, so. Well, can we just say yeah, also that. By the way, that's a good point. Can we also give a little bit of credit and a round of applause that 14 interceptions is now the leader in the NFL? Because back in the day, it really – remember Eli Manning threw like 22? And that was in a shorter season. Brett Favre threw like 22. Guys were thrown in the 20s all the time. Fourteens <laughs> were at. I 14. think. Chills. By the
3: way, it's, it's going to be where we end, at least for Carr, because he's not playing the last That's couple. That's
2: a good point. So at
4: but least by the way, record is it, safe.
3: It, 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 go, go look at Aaron Rodgers' stats right now and compare them to Derek Carr's. They're not Well, you can't make any excuses different. for
4: Derek Carr about him. not. It's a new system. How come Mac Jones was good last year as a rookie under that system under Josh
3: McDaniels? Was he good that last year? But He was better than all those other rookie quarterbacks. He played pretty well in it, but they also had a lot of things going for them. Weren't they running the football better last year, too?
4: Yeah, well, the was their the offensive line good. play Josh, better, Berto? Josh Jacobs ran the ball pretty good. Wasn't
3: their
0: offensive line play better? Josh Do you Jekyll, watch the offensive please. line? Like the lead rusher in the league. Yeah,
4: isn't it? Uh, and also the Raiders' offensive line was actually worse last year than it is this year. He's been sacked more times last year.
0: Mm. Yeah.
3: I, I, I'm asking the question, though. wasn't Wasn't the Patriots' offense better last year, but was it due to a lot of other things, too, that they had? A more consistent running game, better offensive line
0: play?
2: I think the whole thing is unfortunate.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, I, for a like, change. look, man, I don't even care. Hey. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Yeah. Stop going to the bar change. like
4: six games ago. So. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's the most important thing here. All right. Let's start wasting $80 at the bar. You can't, you, you
2: can't be a baracho if Derek Carr's, yeah, a car- a baracho if Derek Carr's quarterback. <laughs> quarterback a drunkie
1: Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros in a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, LeVar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern. 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeart Radio app.
2: The Miami Dolphins have made a decision, Uh, not the most surprising uh, storyline here based on the recent events of Tua Tagovailoa and the concussion protocol, et cetera, et cetera. And this is the second known time he's had a concussion this season. But Mike McDaniel made the announcement that there will be uh, a new starting quarterback this week for the Dolphins. Here was the Dolphins head coach.
3: The whole idea of taking day to day is kind of rough on coaches who have to plan for you know, a bunch of people. So the approach that I'm unequivocally taking today, you know, I was on the phone I met with him yesterday, I met with Teddy yesterday. I was exchanging ideas and, and talking through some stuff all the way till like ten fifteen last night. Um then it was his bedtime. And so moving forward today and you know the whole team's approach is uh Teddy Bridgewater's the starter
2: so there it is. Teddy Bridgewater will start for the Dolphins uh, uh, with.
0: Uh, 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 <laughs> this is a bit time. Uh, we just exchanged ideas and unequivocally we came to the conclusion. That, uh, <laughs> uh,
4: <laughs> well, I'm what, sorry. What's, I'm what's sorry. your problem it, with Mike McDaniel?
0: Just, Come on. It just gets me every time, man. <laughs> that's that's hipster lingo. Uh, that's hipster lingo, man. Oh, yeah. I could guarantee you, if we asked him offline, bro, are you a hipster? I could guarantee you his answer would be yes.
2: You
4: think I'm so? A head
0: coach, but I'm a hipster first.
2: I don't think hipsters can be football coaches, though. Yes, or they football can. players. They
0: can now. You think so? I, I think McVeigh is a hipster.
2: He's a hipster. <laughs> I mean, he's you know maybe a little fashion forward. I don't know if he's a hipster though. When I think hipster, I think beanie, I think Doc Martin boots, I think uh, you know flannel Lulu shirt. pants.
0: Yeah, like maybe you
2: might might throw that in there too. Joggers. Like, uh, Lululemon the- makes you a
0: hipster? Oh, no, boy. no, no. But it can be a part of your attire. You can you can be a hipster with some Lulu Lemons on. You could get away with it. That's not okay. that's not all the way down the lane of hipster. But you know, it's, there's a look. There's definitely, I mean, hipster is a look. I mean, some know. would say
2: Robert Sala's got a hipster to him because he wears that long beanie. He's the only coach in the league that wears a long beanie, like one of those slouch beanies, as opposed to just the old school pulling over I get your it. eyes. Sala hipster. Just saying, if we're talking fashion, this is the important stuff we got to break down here. Got you a might of be
0: right though. I don't. Out. I don't want to discredit your your claim. But Mike McDaniel, one hundred percent hipster. Okay. <laughs> I feel like 100%. that's confirmed. And, and 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 while we're on the conversation point, right? I mean, could they have done anything differently? I mean, honestly, with with Tua's situation, are you like if you play him? What what are you know? What are the ramifications? You know, taking that chance. And maybe, maybe you shouldn't have to take these things into consideration. Maybe, in in a perfect world, you can say, "All right, you know, he's cleared to play. He's cleared protocols. So if if we need them, we're going to use them. Like we're going to clear them to play. We're going to play them." But I just get the feeling that the pressure would be overwhelmingly uncomfortable. And and the scrutiny and and the backlash of him playing based off of having his second concussion probably holds more weight than playing him, even if he were cleared to play.
2: Yeah, they're in a tough spot. And, it's tough. And I don't know. I mean, it, like the idea, and also you get the NFLPA is going to look into the handling of this like, and it just goes back to what we've talked about before. If Tua says he's fine and he's not showing symptoms during the game, what are they supposed to do? Like yeah. I, I don't like I don't understand why why they should be held accountable. It's like you had, the, you had the outrage the first time around where they had to fire the independent neurologist or whatever that guy's responsibility was. Well, here we are again. And he went out and he finished the game supposedly after he suffered this concussion, but nobody knew anything. Like they weren't talking about it during the broadcast. They weren't. So the, the idea that the Dolphins should be be responsible and held accountable if this stuff happens, I just, I don't understand that. I don't, I don't get how that works.
3: You know, Mike McDaniel should get a lot more credit for being the one to catch it. He, he's the one that reportedly told Tua, go see a doctor. They're in a, in a film session together on Monday and based on Tua's responses to him, he said, this is not normal protocol. Usually he's, he's better working through this, talking about this. You, you need to go see someone. Something That's Something's off. Good. That's not good. So it, it's good that at least Mike McDaniel was able to identify it. I know a lot of people weren't, you know, happy with, with how things went down previously. Obviously, the independent uh, neurologist ends up taking the fall for everyone there. But he does care. He obviously is trying to look out for the best interest of Tua. and." It's it's why they've thrown in the towel on this week's game. Now, next week is where it really gets interesting because there's a chance two is cleared. And I, I think the, the question would be, since this is his second concussion, some would say it's his third, right, because everyone thought the week before the the initial concussion took place, he got concussed, right? And that's what led to the outrage in the following week's game where he got knocked out. So some would say he's already had – uh, you know, three this year based on the one that wasn't diagnosed or, you know, he ended up playing after, and now he's gotten two. So what happens if you have another next week if he's cleared to play? Like, that's, that's the slippery slope that we're on here. You're talking about a player that could end up maybe, you know, deciding that in the off season, or depending on how things go, like, this isn't worth it. It's not worth all these head injuries for my long-term life down the road. Um, I mean, there could even be an issue moving forward. The team can't commit to him, and this isn't to sound crude, but the reality is if he gets one more, maybe he is done you know, for the rest of his career. So it, it's a hard spot for all parties to be in, and it's hard for players because you know, you've got a warrior mentality out there, and as a leader, you, you want to be out there. He wants to be out there. I mean, he wa- this is as good a football as to has played in his NFL career. He's now got the chance potentially to go to the playoffs and he's got a coach that loves him and has, has helped. I mean, you don't think he wants to start and play for this team of course. and do the thing he loves. Like people think it's an easy decision. It's not like you try to play through other injuries all the time. And so mentally you're thinking I can play through this too, even though it is interesting. If you go back and, and I guess the supposed play that caused the concussion, there is a significant drop off in his play from that point moving forward in the game. So take that for what it's worth in regards to last week's performance. But I just, you know, I I think there's a lot on the line for him personally, for the franchise, everything else beyond just this season's You know goal of getting the playoffs and trying to make a run
2: and there's also like people forget that the injury he suffered at alabama the hip issue there was some talk that his career could have been done then like there was no guarantee he was going to be able to come back because of the significance of the injury so then he works works himself back he becomes a starting quarterback he's a top five pick and then he's got a coach who basically airs him out in brian flores finally he gets somebody who rallies around him they add pieces around him Hell yes, he wants to be out there. That's that's why he hasn't self-reported during these games when when it would, when he probably should have spoken up and said, "Hey, there's something going on here." So I just I, I feel like the Dolphins are kind of in this tough spot because you know he wants to be out there and he wants to play and he's already made that choice and, and come to that understanding as
0: a player. But who's in the tougher spot, Tua or Miami? M- I,
3: I think I think Tua is because you know this decision. Like, if he makes the decision to say, like, I, I can't come back and play this year because of my, my personal health, my long-term health, I feel like he's going to feel like everyone's going to hate him. And, and you know how it is, too. When you're out with an injury, it, like, no one cares. No one wants to be around you. Like, everyone's moving on to the next guy. And it's just – it's a tough spot to be in personally, especially if, you know, they feel like, hey, look, if you feel like you can go. Go. Like I feel like he's in a tough spot because he might have to weigh his potential personal well-being over the well-being of the team since, at least based on how things have worked out this season, when he's the starter, they have a chance of winning. Their offense is entirely different.
2: Well, you guys would know this better than I would. If Is he more likely to suffer another concussion if he comes back next week? Yes. Or Okay, so then he should probably sit out the rest of the year
3: yeah i mean that's that's one of the Probably. reasons why you look at why he's able to suffer a concussion this past week you're more susceptible to it once you have one you're more susceptible to it, especially in that
0: short time frame I think he's a sympathetic figure, so if, if he sits out the rest of the season, i think it's more he's more in jeopardy of of losing his his job as as a quarterback because I don't know that for the sake of Caring about him as a person, that you want to go that direction again during the course of an entire season.
3: I was say, do, do, do you feel like he's in jeopardy
0: regardless? Yes, and and this makes it even it, it jeopardizes him way way more because now you're not talking about the merits of his game; you're talking about if if I can live with myself. If this guy goes out here and gets hit, and it it messes him up for the rest of his life, well, like that's you something you got to take into consideration.
3: You asked me that question. Do you feel like the organization's in a tougher spot for that predicament? I do. Because if they put him out there and it happens, it's on their watch.
0: I think they're. I think they're in a tougher predicament because sometimes you have to protect a guy from themselves and and like you know Jonas was saying like he didn't want to report it he was ready to play he wanted to play well what does that look like if he gets out there he cleared protocol and he gets out there and it's worse than the one we saw that that showed up the first time you know i just think that that puts mike mcdaniel in in a a, a tough situation and i and probably the toughest for him it's probably the toughest for him because you're you, you have an opportunity to have a, a good year, um, and and continue it on, and and at the same time, you know the severity of what could happen after having suffered your second concussion, and that's the second concussion that we're speaking of. Right, Q. You know you know for one hundred percent that it ain't two. Right, it's not two. There's there's there have been more scenarios play out with him than just the two that we know about. So and whether it's a all the way concussion or whatever it is, you can just tell like like that's not normal to hear hear somebody say he had to report him or tell him to go see somebody because of the way he's reacting in meetings. That's not good. That's not good. That's not everyday lingo. You know, I could see a guy limping around and be like, "Bro, like, go get that checked out. What is it? a hangnail or what? Like, that's <laughs> different. You see a guy limping around, that's different. But when you're talking about, I can noticeably tell that you need to go get checked out mentally. That ain't good, man. That just ain't. That doesn't sit well. And that's a that is a that is a true dilemma because where does science of you clearing protocol? Versus you taking a humanistic approach to how you, you, because sometimes you got to protect your guys. Where is the fine line? He wanted to play. He cleared protocol. We're playing him. Boom. Now he's laying on the ground and he ain't getting up. Imagine that playing out. Yeah. I think that's pretty. That's a pretty compromising p- position to be in, and I, I just don't think I would be willing to take that risk. I look at Tua and be like, "Bro, you're a sympathetic figure. People love you. Let's just get to the off season. Let's let's get you as healthy as we possibly can with with how you're feeling. Get a plan moving forward, and and hope for the best. But just know, another concussion on my watch. I can't play you, dog." Yeah. That's next season, too. I just, about I just can't play you. That means the last two times,
3: if the, if the Dolphins were to make the playoffs, they've had backup quarterbacks starting yeah. in the wildcard round. Yeah, I mean, remember the last one, too, Matt Moore. Ooh, he got annihilated. I mean, like this organization, short-term with concussions, he almost got decapitated. Yeah. Did he finish that game? By the way, he came back in. remember? Oh, Jesus, man! Yeah, <laughs> for people. That and, he, and he, by the way, he looked concussed. That was one where, remember, he was. I mean, there was some bad play down the stretch. You're like, that dude doesn't look right.
2: And for anybody that thinks the NFL still has a long way to go with their concussion handling, go back to that game and, and ask yourself why was Matt Moore still in the game? Like, why did he? Why it was, was like he? 2017. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was against Pittsburgh. Yeah, he got destroyed. Yeah. Who um, hit him?
3: I've gotta forget. Kendrell Bell was it oh you know who it was no. it was uh bud dupree yeah I think well, it was bud thing. dupree wasn't it
2: God that's, <laughs> I don't remember. yeah he got destroyed I was gonna go Carnell Lake
0: but again oh you that know, been a good pool
2: just talking uh you know just four one two here Kevin what we're Gre- doing here
0: yeah. Earl Holmes Earl Holmes got him yeah was it <laughs> be sure to catch live
1: editions of two pros and a cup of Joe with Brady Quinn Lavar errington and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m Eastern.
2: Right now we turn it over to the man himself Albert Breer senior NFL reporter at the MMQB you can also get him on Twitter at Albert Breer Albert happy Thursday to you hope all's well
5: I'm good I'm good how you guys doing
2: you're good just hanging out man what's uh, just... your Christmas Albert yeah come on
5: well, I was good it was good it was good I got the kids uh, kids at PlayStation 5 so uh, I got to be 15 years old again which was cool and uh, <laughs> yeah
3: yeah so you good. really got it for you kind of
5: well, I mean, I, 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 uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that. I, uh, you know, I'm excited to get my kids NCAA when that comes out again, you know, and it's excited to get them Madden, and yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think, I, I think, I think it was a great gift for them, Brady.
2: <laughs> so, so I got, I got a question for you. If you're, if you start playing Madden next year, what team is Derek Carr gonna be on?
5: Well, tell you, first of all, Madden is really freaking complicated now. Um, it is not <laughs> the same as it was. And, uh, I, guys, I, I think, like, the this has sort of been in the works for a while. Um, and I, I think what's interesting about where this goes next is just the number of quarterbacks that are going to be available, you know, and – you know, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is another one where, um, you know, you tie both those guys to the Jets. Both those guys have experience and background in, in the system the Jets run. Um, you know, Jimmy obviously could wind up going to the Raiders. And so, you know, I, I, I think right now um, you know, you're starting to see where we're going to have a fair amount of quarterback movement in general again. And so um, the, the the upside for Derek Carr here is that he's going to get a jump on the market because of the way his contract is structured. Um, that, you know, that, that that money, that $40.4 million vests in the middle of February, three days after the Super Bowl. So Derek Carr is essentially going to get a one-month head start on everybody. So if you're a team like the Jets, you know, and you're saying we got to bring in competition for Zach Wilson or we got to replace Zach Wilson, do you take the bird in the hand over to the bush? You know, do you take – Derek Carr um, in February, so you know who you've got and you can go forward and build with them, or do you wait for Jimmy Garoppolo in March? You know, I think that that's what's interesting about it is that Derek Carr is going to have a one month head start on everybody on the quarterback market.
0: Mm.
3: Do you think more quarterbacks should put that in their contract, the timing of it? It seems like it's, it's a little bit of uh, maybe, obviously, as you said, like an advantage to get on the market, but it seems like it's just a smart move in general for both the player and the team to be able to provide more clarity this time of year where you can say hey we don't want the guy to get hurt and have to owe him that money and obviously if we're going to move on might as well move on and, and figure out a destination for him and, and who's the right guy for us
5: yeah brady i think it'd be optimal for any player honestly i mean and you we've seen the light triggers before too right like if you guys remember colin kaepernick had I think there were April triggers in his contract where, like, the Niners could literally, like, wait the quarterback market out through March, see what they might have, and then make a later decision on Colin Kaepernick. So these things have been sort of elements in contracts for a while. Um, And I think for Derek Carr, a huge part of it was, well, if you're not going to guarantee me the money, then you at least need to let me know early on. So when they did it, it was sort of a compromise, you know, where – um, you know, I think the, the, the Raiders, you know, from office basically said, well, because of our cash flow issues, we don't want to have to fund 50 or $60 million. And, you know, Carside side came back and said, well, if we're going to expose ourselves to that sort of risk, where you're not going to guarantee anything past year one, and you're going to give yourself the out, well, then you've got to let us know ahead of time. So I, that's sort of how that one worked out, Brady, where it was, you know, compromising – the fully guaranteed money, and if you're going to make us do that, then you got to give us an easier path to the market. So, I'm sure if you you wind the clock back, um, you know, nine months, and ask Derek Carr back then, he'd take the fully guaranteed money over the early trigger. The early trigger was sort of the compromise.
0: Whew, let's let's stay with quarterbacks and and move over to Denver. What what is <laughs> what's next? In Denver, I mean, I know Sean Payton's name is is out there, but I mean, who who will take this? Is this considered to be a volatile situation to step into because of Russell Wilson?
5: There are pluses and minuses too. I mean, I I think one thing that's a a big plus is like what the structure is going to be like and the resources that ownership there has. Um, You know, I, I, I for everything that's gone wrong this year, I do think there's a feeling the Waltons are going to be good owners and that Greg Penner, um, the CEO and, uh, you know, co-owner, he, he's going to do a good job in that role. And obviously, you know, the ability to spend on staff and facilities and, and, and players, like everything that you, you have everything you need there, but there's the albatross of the quarterback in his contract. And so that's just really interesting about this one. LeVar is like, is a Sean Payton going to want to go there? Like, if you're Sean Payton and you know, I probably am only going to do this one more time, right? Do you want to hitch your wagon to Russell Wilson? And I, I think the answer is probably no. You know, and I think what's going to be difficult about that for the new Broncos ownership is I think the, the main thing here is finding somebody who can stand up to Russell Wilson and not just stand up to him, but have the leverage to plant his feet, feet in the ground and stay there, you know? And so that's why, like, I think, you you know, you have to look at somebody who's either been a head coach before or who's been a prominent player in the league. And that's where I think like a Dan Quinn or Jim Harbaugh would make sense there. That's where I think, you know, even like a D'Amico Ryans or a Gerard Mayo would make sense. Like, they've already tried the young offensive guru route, and and Russell, quite frankly, walked all over over that. Walked all over Nathaniel Hackett, you know? So I I think the main thing now is finding somebody who's got the ability to leverage the strength to stand up to Russell Wilson and tell him no on a bunch of things. And um, the hard thing about that is a lot of guys who do have that sort of leverage, who do have that kind of strength, aren't going to want to go there because of Russell Wilson. So that's where I think you have to sort of figure things out if you're Greg Penner of uh, the Broncos.
2: Albert Breer joining us here on Fox Sports Radio, senior NFL reporter at the MMQB. You can get him on Twitter, at Albert Breer. Speaking of Sean Payton, so we've heard rumblings about, you know, the Rams, the Chargers, the Cowboys. It's like all the... And the more you start looking at a lot of these places, like there's no guarantee that some of these jobs are gonna be open. So where's a realistic right. destination for Sean Payton at this point in time?
5: You know, I, I think if like you gave true serum a month ago and asked him where he would have wanted to go, it would have been the Chargers because of the location, because of the quarterback. Um, I you know, obviously now they're in the playoffs, so that's probably not happening, you know. Um I I do think, you know, provided Matthew Stafford doesn't reverse course and I know Matthew Stafford's told people in that building he's coming back for 2023. Um, I think Sean McVay will be back um, for another year. Not certain, but I think he will be back for another year. And that sort of leaves to me like the Cardinals, the Broncos, and in both those places, the question is, does he want to hitch his wagon to those quarterbacks? And I think that's where the idea of New Orleans comes up again. And, I don't think it's going to happen. I think Dennis Allen's probably back for his second year. But I do think it's interesting that that speculation hasn't been stamped out by anybody yet. You know, so I think that's just sort of one worth, worth monitoring, was I think now the very real and growing possibility that he spends another year at Fox and, and waits until 2024 for the right one to come along.
3: I was going to just kind of explore the, the Saints' possibility only because I know they have their rights, so no matter what he does, if he comes back, they they have to trade him, they have to figure that out. But... I mean, how would Dennis Allen handle that? It sounds like, you know, Sean Payton already has maybe Vic Fangio tabbed as his defensive coordinator, this all stars, all star staff we keep hearing about, which I'm sure makes current head coaches at those yeah. places that are potential destinations feel great. Yeah. Um but I mean I-, I assume Dennis Allen would just be like, Okay, I'm stepping aside and letting this new staff and Sean Payton come back if that was if that was the case. It'd be
5: weird too, because he's not you know the funny thing about this is I do think I do think Sean feels a little awkward about it. You know the way all this, and you know with people, I mean he's friends with some of these guys. You know. Yeah, but does he really feel awkward?
3: Fights. I mean, he's the one putting I, this out there.
5: I mean, I, like I think he does. I think like honestly, like I just tell you, I, I think there is a little bit of an awkwardness to it for forum. But again, like he's not stamping it out, right? Like he's yeah. not. Like you know, he's not going. He's got a forum. He's not going on the air on Fox and saying, you know, like like no, I'm not doing that. And you know, obviously, he's very close to Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen coached under him twice, you know, in New Orleans, and he groomed Dennis Allen for that job. So, I'm I mean, yeah, it is really weird. And I think like to some degree, Brady, we all knew we were going to be here anyway, right? Like, I, I think when when Sean walked away last year, uh, in January, I think we all knew, like. Eleven, twelve months down the line, like Sean Payton would be hovering over every opening, the way the way it is right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I it's certainly awkward, and I and I think it can't be comfortable if you're somebody in that New Orleans organization who coached under him for all those years, now seeing all these headlines out there.
0: I got one more for you, Albert. Um, yeah. The Hogs. The Hogs are are going after dan snyder and and the the washington commanders Uh, i mean is this is this the proverbial nail in the coffin so to speak with with dan i mean i still think he's going to try to get out of selling his team um yeah but it seems like every time things kind of kind of settle down or you know get a little quiet something else happens and this is a big something else
5: yeah, you know what, though, uh, Lavar, I, I, I think in these sorts of situations, you always follow the money, and, um, you know, I, like I, I'm with you. feel like I think that there is that element of Snyder maybe being, you know, Lucy pulling the football away at the very end and saying, no, I'm keeping the team. Um, and I think, like, his way of doing that was going to be setting the price exponentially high and then, and then hoping that nobody would match it. Um, if it's true what Forbes reported at the end of last week, and I haven't independently verified every one of the bids, but if it's true that there are several bids that are well over $7 billion, then I think it's over. Um, because I think if, like, if the bidding gets over $7 billion and you have multiple suitors over $7 billion, there's going to be exponential pressure to sell from other owners, you know, and the other owners are going to look at that and say, this is an opportunity for us to reset the market for our teams. This is an opportunity for us to rid ourselves of Dan Snyder. And so I think like his plan all along here, I, to some degree, at least was to set the price. So exponentially high that you could say no one's going to match it. And I think where the bidding seems to be going now is sort of ruining that plan for him, and so nice. I I would think if the bidding is where everybody, where people are saying it is, then this thing is probably over.
2: Uh, Albert, uh, before we let you go, we got about a minute huh. left here, and and again, like I know what you're thinking. All right, it's just going to go back to the same old Ohio State six and a half point underdogs, the over under at sixty two and a half. This is nothing to do with gambling. I was just curious. Do you do you envision C.J. Stroud throwing for more than 279 and half yards in this game against Georgia coming up? You think or what?
5: Well, I, I just I mean, based on everything I've heard, I hope our guys just get their uh, their shoes laced up right and <laughs> get their get their you know get their ankles taped and 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 get out there and play right. I mean, yeah.
2: I, have you heard like a lot of people? <laughs> have you heard a lot of people doubting the Buckeyes or something? What's
3: going on here?
5: I I I, I decided that I'm going to keep a low profile for this one. It didn't work out. Out for me uh, five six weeks ago. So. Yeah, you were peacocking around. That's ball what ball you were doing, ball. pal. Uh, huh? Yeah, so you were peacocking was, uh, around.
3: You thought you thought you had that one yeah. in the bag uh, against Michigan. Yeah. How about this though? SEC one in three so far in bowl games. So we'll take that. Yeah, I mean
5: well. that's. I guess that's. I guess that's encouraging. But I mean Georgia's. Um, Georgia's got a lot of dudes. so I'll put it that way. So I. Uh, yeah, I, I think it, I think it's best if I keep a low profile ahead of this one, and then. Maybe you'll see a peacock in a few days.
2: So there it is. Uh, Albert, uh, we appreciate it. Again, get him on Twitter, at Albert Breer. Have a good weekend. We'll do it again in the new year.
1: All right. Thanks, guys. Happy New Year. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. you need parts?